Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and today I'm going to respond to a viewer request that I talk about alcohol, which seems fitting because it's just been a few days since I addressed the question of psychedelics. And as I think about it, I realize that I could divide my own life into two phases, one being before psychedelics and the other being after. And, and I include marijuana here as a mild psychedelic. But the point is that I had a life before psychedelics, and it was a life filled with alcohol. You see, Growing up in Wisconsin, as I did in the 1960s, I graduated from high school in 1965 from L.P. Goodrich High School in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And honestly, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's still true, but at that time, it felt as if it was our patriotic duty to drink lots of milk during the week, because after all, Wisconsin is the dairy state. In fact, in Wisconsin, if you go to a restaurant and order a piece of apple pie, you are legally required, if you uh, should request it, to be entitled to a piece of cheddar cheese with that apple pie. And uh, the beer industry in Wisconsin during my high school years was really big. <laughs> Next to the dairy industry, I suspect it was the largest industry in Wisconsin. So it was virtually a patriotic duty to get drunk every weekend. And I'm referring to like my whole high school class. It, it was big drinking. Drinking was very big, and underage drinking was big, too. At the age of 16, I already had established a, a fake ID for myself and was using it to get into taverns and, and to drink beer, because in those days in Wisconsin, you could drink beer legally at the age of 18 and hard liquor legally at the age of 21. But from the age of uh, even under 16 and onward, beer was just a regular part of my life. I, I remember on one occasion, as a matter of fact, a keg party with a keg of beer. I was maybe 15, maybe even 14, as, as I recall, and it was hosted by my aunt my saintly Aunt Jeanette. As a matter of fact, I think it's the first time I got drunk was, was then. But it became a regular thing for me and my friends in high school to drink beer on the weekends. We learned to go to the best places. You could drive about 10, 15 miles out of town, and there was a bar out in the country that would serve you a glass of beer for 10 cents. And we would drive out there and, frankly, get plastered. And I'm talking about in the middle of winter in Wisconsin when the roads are icy. And I developed a talent for holding my liquor, yes, and for driving drunk through ice and snow in the Wisconsin winter. And I loved it. <laughs> I love that life, but honestly, it was terribly reckless. And I can tell you today how many lives I know of that have been tragically ruined because of alcohol. I'm very fortunate to have escaped that in my life. I attribute it to good luck or good karma. 
perhaps also a certain just natural ability. But in any case, alcohol has caused overall enormous amount of suffering in our country. I, you know, my high school days were before the existence of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but there was a drunk driver who actually totaled a car that I had. It was parked out in front of our house one winter evening, and in the morning I, I got up and, and saw that the car had been dented very severely and, and learned that it was done by a drunk driver in the middle of the night. I have a brother-in-law who drank himself to death. I've had high school classmates killed in accidents due to drunk driving. In fact, uh, the night of the senior class banquet in my high school, uh, a carload, I think, of six high school kids <laughs> who were driving back into town from out in the country where I know there was one of those bars where you could drink a lot and they got into an accident. Everyone was killed. I know of uh, another dear friend of mine, Native American, who married a beautiful woman. After their marriage, she had one drink of alcohol, and after that, she was addicted for life, seriously, major addiction. Now, I think a certain amount of that is, is genetic. My understanding is that American Indians are, are perhaps more prone to suffer uh, addiction to alcohol. I think Jewish people are less prone, but that's an accident of genetics. Uh, but let's talk about the experience of being high. One of the most interesting things that I observed from alcohol is that after I began using marijuana and psychedelics, alcohol became a little different because, well, at that point, I was on a path, a quest for self-knowledge. And I discovered that if I had a beer and smoked marijuana at the same time, the beer affected me differently. It really just sort of amplified and uh, to some extent maybe took the edge a bit off of the marijuana. And that either one of them could help bring back a, a feeling of being like high on a major psychedelic. Once you've had that experience, you can uh, trigger it again with substances like marijuana and alcohol, depending, of course, on the set and setting. Now, <laughs> and this may seem ironic, but one of the major, I think, positive benefits that has come out of alcohol use in our culture is the establishment of Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step programs. My understanding is that, uh, I believe the name is Bill W., the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, someone who really has chosen to remain anonymous, uh, but he was a student, both of the works of Carl Jung and of William James. And a lot of their thinking went into the development of the 12-step uh, program. It's now used not just for alcoholics, but for all sorts of addictions. And as best I can tell, appears to be one of the very most effective programs for treating those conditions. 
So that's a plus. And uh, I have to say, millions of people enjoy alcohol every day. It's a huge industry. It's a gigantic market. And uh, if if most people have experiences like mine, it's relatively benign. But for a minority of people, it is a very dangerous drug. And, and the social consequences of alcohol are as serious as for any other drug that's being used in our culture. And I'm talking about heroin and amphetamines. I would say that overall, alcohol is probably just as dangerous, even though for many people, such as myself, it's not really much of a problem, which isn't to say that I haven't on occasion abused alcohol. Indeed, I, I have. And maybe it's something that many young people need to go through when you're that young and you think you're invulnerable. You have to learn your limits. But I do remember on one occasion after what we called a wapadooly party, which is really a horrible thing where you have a big punch bowl and people come to the party bringing whatever bottles of liquor or booze that they happen to have and it all gets poured in together in the punch bowl. And it was a wild party. And I remember waking up it was uh, at a summer re resort, and I found myself waking up on the ground somewhere in that resort, <laughs> sleeping on top of a pool of my own vomit. So, yes, that happened to me. Uh, it happened once and once only. But I did. I discovered my limit at, at that point. And these days, I don't drink much at all. Um, and one of the reasons is that uh, my cardiologist, I've had uh, heart issues and my cardiologist suggested to avoid alcohol completely. He said there was a major study, 50,000 people long term, and it was shown in that study that alcohol use could exacerbate various heart conditions like an arrhythmia, which I had at the time. I don't have it anymore since I've had an ablation. At least it's almost completely gone. But the point being, uh, the cardiologist said, stop drinking. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to read that study because I enjoy alcohol. I wasn't really inclined to stop drinking completely. And I read it and it was correct but for the fact that it seemed as if beer drinking was didn't have that effect. Every other type of alcohol did. So now, when I have alcohol uh, almost entirely, it's, it's an occasional beer. And uh, <laughs> it's generally never more than one beer uh, per day and uh, not enough to even really you know, feel high at all, just maybe a little mellow. So, that's my use of alcohol. But so, sure, I've shared a bit of my life with you, but I always want to come back to the question, what's in this for you? Because learning about my experiences growing up in Wisconsin in the 1960s, it may be interesting and entertaining for you, but it doesn't leave you with much. So, let me ask you this question. What has alcohol use been like for you? Has it been good? Do you enjoy alcohol? Have you ever abused 
alcohol? Are you currently abusing alcohol? And be honest with yourself about it because I know that one of the symptoms of alcohol abuse is called cognitive dysfunction. So, you can abuse alcohol and tell yourself that you're not. And I've seen that. I've seen it on a number of occasions with uh, alcoholics and alcohol abusers who are in denial. It's a very serious issue. So, ask yourself uh, if you could uh, do better than you are with regard to alcohol. I know some people spend a lot of money on it. You can, you can buy very expensive wines and liqueurs if you want. And you might ask yourself if that's a good expenditure for you. I'm really not here to lecture you or tell you what to do. I've made enough mistakes on, on my own and I've been lucky to have avoided even more serious mistakes. But I would encourage you to ask yourself these questions. And once again, thank you for being with me.